Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And we're going to do another little quick series here for y'all. So we first we did like the history of witchcraft as far as like some different types of witchcraft that are out there. Then we delved into a couple different areas in the world. Like what does witchcraft look like in those areas? And now we're going to talk a little bit about tools. Now, I think we did a podcast before about tools, didn't we, Veronica? Like, oh yeah, a while ago. But this one, we're going to talk more about like the origins of tools, the history of tools, how they've been used. And when I'm talking about tools, I'm not talking about screwdrivers and hammers. Um, <laughs> Witch tools. Witch Witchy tools, tools right. <laughs> Magical tools. So Veronica's going to kick us off this episode with, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about wands. Dun, da, da, da. I wish I had like a cool <laughs> little sound effect that was like, you know, like a chime sound or something. Yeah, the sound exactly. a like wand magical. make. Yeah. It would, it, yeah, it'd be like a chime. <laughs> right. We're wiggling our fingers, right? <laughs> do, 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 do. You guys can't see us, but we're like wiggling our fingers at each other. Like somehow we're making it a, a magical yeah. sound. Here it There's is. magic coming out of our <laughs> wand fingers. I don't know. Emily, do you have a wand? I have had a wand and... Uh, I don't know where it is. So clearly oh. I don't use it. I've made a couple yeah. ones over the years uh, out of yes. like, I had one that I made out of curly willow. And then I found this other stick that was like the most perfectest wand. I have no idea what it was made out of. I don't know what kind of wood it was. I just found it on a walk one day and that one I really loved, but I don't know where it is. Yeah. I have a wand that was given to me by one of our coven sisters uh-huh. And it's a cinnamon stick wand. Like it's made out of a cinnamon stick? Yeah. It's like, it's like a, a giant, huge, a giant cinnamon stick. And there's a quartz crystal at the top. It's Dang. incredible. It's what? in the other room. I would bring it, but I, I was, yeah, I'm like, why yeah. is this not here right now? Yeah. Why are we not having it's, this experience? It's super cool. <laughs> it's really cool. It sounds yeah. very cool. I mean, wands can be made out of so many different things, but like this was like serious yeah I love like finding a like a stick somewhere I'm like this is it like especially like a willow you know like that's a little curled a yep. little bit and you're like this is magical oh. <laughs> yes this is magical yeah well I yeah okay I'm not gonna say anything else why don't you talk about wands and then I'll, yeah, I'll get, throw a few things started. in here and there as we go along <laughs> Yeah, Emily started actually when we started talking. You already started asking me questions, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's start recording because I know I've got some good stuff here." I went on the internet, the World Wide Web, and I found some <laughs> really cool stuff. <laughs> really, you went and on the World Wide Web? The World Wide <laughs> Web. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why that's tickling me so much. <laughs> the beginning. That was the beginning of it all. Right. The Inter- net. internet research the net. The net. yep exactly yeah um so this first article that i read um the author's name is grant piper it was written in june of 2020 
and uh, the website is medium.com. Mm-hmm. And he just briefly went over kind of the history slash origin of magic wands. And then I also read another article that I kind of just wanted to follow up and be like, okay, is this legit? Like, I mean, it seemed legit. Like he had his sources, but I was like, oh, I want to see if anybody else has anything else to say about this to follow up what he shared. And so I actually did. It It was, it was it was followed up. It was researched. I was like, okay, good. Cause somebody else on a different article had said that on historydaily.org on um, this woman, Karen Harris, she wrote an article in June, 2019, and she kind of followed up with a lot of the same material. <clears throat> so I might just bounce between those two okay. articles. So he starts in the ninth century that some of the earliest examples of wand-like instruments were found or um, are known to be found in Iran. Um, so the word is, I'm, I might butcher this. Emily okay. heard me trying to rehearse it before. We oh, that's what you were rehearsing. I didn't know what you yes. were rehearsing, but go for it. Yes. Okay. It's called the Zoroastrian. Yeah. The Zoroastrian religion. Okay, so this is a Iranian religion that is said to be the world's one of the world's oldest faiths. Oh, so one of the examples is they found uh, what they would use is called a barsum, which is actually a collection of sticks bundled together. And so these sticks would either be held in one hand or they would be placed in a holder on an altar. Um, and so oh, the, the religions of Zoroastrian priests were all, also called Magi. Oh. And these barsums were um, used for no practical reasons. Pretty much they're, say- they're saying um, that it is a symbolic representation of creation because they're all bound together because they're bound together i'm guessing or because they're put into a holder which would be that like male and female conversion i mean in modern day wicca so he particularly did not go into like he just said that it was there were no practical reasons so that these bunch of sticks were not being used to like harness energy or do the stuff that we would nowadays think Mm -hmm. that a wand would do um, okay, and they're I not, see. and they're not calling them wands. Mm-hmm. They're called a barsum, and they're bundles of sticks. And that kind of takes us to the next level of, um, which I found this resource in many, in a couple different websites. That Homer in the in the eighth century, um, actually wrote about wand use in a couple of his <laughs> epic tales, and one being the Iliad. Uh-huh. And the other uh, being, I think it's the, you know, the other one, Emily? I think I have it written down here. The Odyssey. the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, the Odyssey. Yeah. So in his, he depicts Greek gods and goddesses wheeling what they call is a rod. So they're not calling it a magic wand at this point. They're calling, they're using the word rod. Um, and th- in this Uh, in these tales epic tales this is where we find that the rods are being used as a conduit for magic and Uh to channel power 
and to channel power. Interesting. Yeah. So Cersei, they're saying, because he created, you know, he wrote about Cersei and that she was a sorceress and she had a wand for magic. Athena used a rod for magic. Hermes wielded a, a rod. Um, and even today, I think the rod is more like they're saying it's the size of a staff. So okay, it's what so we it's, would call a staff. It's kind of like, it makes me think of um, in in tarot how often the the wands are also depicted as rods or stabs or staves depending on what deck you're looking at and they are all depicted as long tall yes. you know staffs basically which is interesting to me because you think about um like i think about electricity mm -hmm. you know like harnessing electricity like holding up a Wait, staff what? or a rod. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This is where my mind goes, you know, an electric, uh, uh, a lightning rod. Like oh, I think about a lightning rod. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So well, that's is, funny because I was just picturing a wooden staff and I'm like, how would that be a conduit? That won't even, oh. that like, <laughs> that kills the electricity, right? Yeah. It can't, yeah. it can't yeah, what, transmute yeah, it. Well, yeah. Wood is not a conductor. <laughs> no, I was very perplexed, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just like, I guess I'm conceptual, conceptualizing the idea. Of, consensual. Um, <laughs> consensual conceptualizing. <laughs> Told Emily, I was like, I don't know if this is going to go. My words are so strange today. <laughs> it happens sometimes. We just lose our words. Communication yeah. is hard. So I think you're doing great. Keep up the good work, oh. Veronica. You oh, got this. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> so at this point, we're finding a connection between using a rod a staff slash wand mm -hmm. um and then we kind of jump he kind of jumps to the 13th century and i i was noticing that there's kind of like a zone where there's not a lot that's written about um you know in between this time about magic wands or the use of them maybe not a lot has been written down or even researched um but in uh, the 13th century, we're finding there's actually in two different articles, his article and the one that I had um, talked about before, both of them noted two different grimoires that um, started really going into what we think modern day wand use would be. So this is this is where um, a wand is can be used to create a seal. So oh. you a seal to bind demons and nature to do your bidding. Oh, this is where shit gets real. This it gets <laughs> really real, dude. This is where it gets and it can get kind of dark. Like this is definitely so this grimoire um was called Key the the Key of Solomon. Oh. And it you know Sorry. This. Well, I just got excited because when I was doing my research for my tool, that also the key of Solomon also popped up. So yes. uh, it's a very famous one. Yes. Yes. Interesting. In the, thir in the 13th century. Yeah. And so in the Key of Solomon, um, they talk about um, curses, incantations, bindings, summoning rituals. And this in this grimoire, the, the wand concept really takes shape. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, oh, the other one I wanted to say about that. There, the grimoire, there was another grimoire and it's called the Oath Bound Book of uh 
Honoris? Honoris? That I don't it's know. A, yeah, Honoris? I think it's Honoris, maybe. Um, and that one really went into like the specific of the wand, like like so to the you know how we talk about oh just do what you you know Emily and I are like do do your you know have a foundation of intention but like just you don't have to follow the rules of like the Somebody black candles yeah, yeah exactly well this 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 is very specific it said your wand has to be made of hazelwood or oh. should be made of hazelwood or any other nut tree it should come from a virgin wood also known as a new growth part of the tree um it needs to be cut with one single stroke Whoa. it needs to be cut at sunrise on a wednesday <laughs> okay <clears throat> so and i guess therefore you will have the most powerful wand okay yeah i did not know this so, yeah so um i don't think my cinnamon stick wand yeah <laughs> i don't think it qualifies in, no, it uh, seems like this, it's missing some of those elements. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's any less magical. I'm just saying. Like, that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm just saying. This that's just, just my take. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's just your opinion. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> of opinion. which you are entitled. <laughs> so I'm going to just, like, jump forward. Here we go into the 19th century. Here okay. we go. Okay. So... Um, Apparently, so when we move out of the 13th century and we start going into the period of enlightenment magic, the whole idea of magic starts to decline um, as like the age of reason comes in, apparently, <laughs> takes over. Because, <laughs> you know, magic and reason, do they get yeah. along? I don't apparently, know. the no. left and right brain are kind of separate in this. <laughs> They're not joined. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so the 19th century is comes a reemergence of this um, more occult-like magic uh -huh. thoughts. Um, well, this is when we get... see like spiritualism coming in too, right? Yeah. In the, the 1800s. Yep. Yeah. So there's more of this magic. I mean, not that I think spiritualism is magical thinking, but there sounds like there's more of an opening to other. Exactly. Versus just Some... rational. Yes. Yeah, something else. The yeah. Order of the Golden Dawn comes into play. Secret societies come into play. Mm. And then um, in the 1950s, the rise of Wicca and modern witchcraft. Uh -huh. So, I mean, with this like reemergence, so it, you know, Emily, you and I were talking about um, how the wand actually, like, is it a practical, what was your question you asked me? It was like, is it oh, a well, practical? My first my first question was about whether or not, so this is interesting. I was just wondering if the wand really had only emerged during neo-paganism, like when we start to see that shift into Wicca in the 1950s, um, or if it was something that predates that. And it sounds like it predates it. Um, and you had also mentioned that you saw that there were wands that came from Egypt, uh, yeah. right? That were buried, yes. found in um, necropolises and in, in the, the burial tombs. Yeah, tombs. Yes, the very <laughs> the uh, yeah. Who else is having problems with words today? Me, pick me. Tombs and burials with people and who are buried. Th <laughs> thank you, everyone, for um, bearing with us and our lack of language. WTF? As, as we're actually talking, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're putting words together. It's just whether or not they make sense. Yeah, I'm hoping but something is coming forth. <laughs> 
Anyway, so you were talking about these yeah. boomerang shaped wands. Yeah. So I also did a research. I was like, I'm curious as to what the oldest wand. First, I first first I was like, I, like just typing in, oh, the history of wands, and then I saw that the Met, the you know Metropolitan Museum of Art in in New York, um, has a couple wands on display. And one they had shown, it looked like a boomerang to me in its shape. Uh-huh. Um, and it was made in 1981 to 1802 BCE. Oh, I was like, 1981, what? <laughs> I was going to oh, say, okay. 1981 BCE. Yeah. <laughs> so it's old. It's really it, old. Yeah, it's really old. Um, So this wand-like structure and they they labeled it magic wand oh now whether it was there was nothing written about like the history of why they thought it was a magic wand like why they're labeling it a wand and there's nothing that said like oh like they called it that or or like it makes me wonder if the, actually the ancient egyptian egyptians actually called it that thanks emily thanks Thanks for calling out all my stumbling. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, so this this wand was found um, in a tomb, and so there were on one side of it, um, there it was decorated with protect protective deities, and on the other side there actually was an inscription. So there were pictures, uh-huh. um, and then on the other side there was the hieroglyphs. That was the inscription of revealing the purpose of protection for this particular person that was in the tomb. And then they had a couple other wands on display that that were inscribed as protecting the person in the tomb by day or protecting them by night. Yeah, because there's different things to protect them from at those times. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, so the, these wands were placed in the tomb after death to ensure a continued protection into the afterlife. Uh-huh. So that this was all about right for Egyptians, yeah. right? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. So I'm curious, I, like my, you know, further curiosity of self is like, oh, I'm really interested in, you know, how they use other magical tools that I'm unaware of. Like I never thought, oh, the ancient Egyptians had magic wands. Like, I don't know. Didn't know that that was even a thing. So, but I also, then that just piqued my interest of like, what's the oldest wand that they've ever found? So I looked that up and I found under ancientorigins.net said that in 2014, um, this article was written but the actual item was found in 2007. There's a 9,000 year old ritual wand found in Syria. Whoa. And it was depicted with human faces. It was really cool. Like was there, there was a picture of it? There was a picture of it. What was it made out of? It was made, I'm glad you yeah, asked. It's actually <laughs> a rib of the orc. That's the ancient, the, the wild cow. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I didn't know there was an ancient wild cow. This is how I feel really uneducated right now. That's wild. It's pretty much like, uh, I think it's like the the cow's 
predecessor, the auric, and then there might be actually some that are living today that are kind of like descended from this cat, this cow-like creature. So it's like a u r o c h. Okay, so it's like a carved yeah. bone, a carved rib. Yeah, from the rib bone. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it was found next to uh, burial mounds with some bodies that had, yeah, no heads. So, okay, very, very like. Look that up if you're interested. Origin, uh, ancient origin, origins.net. Okay. Super cool. Like they're saying this is the oldest one that's ever found. And they, it was purposely broken, they're thinking. Um, yeah. Take away so, its power. Yeah. I, I don't that's know fascinating. why. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. So, I mean, I just kind of looked that up because I'm like, you know, just looking at how old this concept really could be, because mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Homer and the things he wrote, it's like, okay, well, this is written history. Okay. That's written history. But like how, but like, you how guys we- could see Veronica's face right now. She's like, no, you need to understand this right now. <laughs> exactly. This is written history. Like I am That's- not effing around. <laughs> what about like the physical history the artifacts that are found that go way back yes you know further back that could actually indicate um the use of this magical tool like that we don't know about it's not written you know Mm -hmm. so yeah and oh so I kind of like dove into I, I started so funny so um when I was searching I found like the history of wands and I clicked on this. It was a YouTube video and I was like, oh, cool. Like a 48 minute YouTube video on the history of wands. <laughs> what I didn't realize was it, that it was the channel of the Harry Potter theory. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started listening and I was like, oh, this is interesting. They're saying the earliest wand makers were druids. And I stopped and I was like, hold on. Is this real? <laughs> like, are they getting facts here? Or is this like their Harry Potter world? Like, that's how the Harry Potter world wand comes into play. Is so I had to stop the video because it's like this is not necessarily like a valid source. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But it made me think about how modern day, you know, wands are depicted, how Disney depicts the magic wand, you know, Narnia, there's a magic wand in that, you know, obviously Harry Potter, the Wizard of Oz, like just Gandalf, he has his staff, which is his rod, which is his magical wand. (laughs) Just... Just kind of how the wand has come into being as being good or bad, but essentially, um, oh yeah, this article, I like the way he kind of wrapped it up. He said, it's a, ch- a channel to, un- or it helps to channel unknown power through mundane things from nature. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I like that. Well, it's interesting because the other thing that you and I were talking about before we hopped on here was my question was about, you know, in what ways do does the energy or the idea of a wand show up in our mundane reality? 
And I was thinking about the idea of a conductor of an orchestra and how they have a wand that they use to direct the energy of the music, to give direction, right? Or even those, um, those lit up wands, I'm going to call them wands, that are used by like traffic control or air, airplane control people, right? They're using these wands to direct energy, to send things in a direction. Now that's not necessarily magical, but it's that same idea of conducting energy, condu- you know, mm-hmm. giving direction. And I just think it's always, I mean, personally, I think it's always interesting to look at the way that things show up in our day to day that might we might think of as magical in origin, but actually have made their way into, you know, mundane world. Yeah. And I think, oh, another thing I'm thinking was uh, you're just kind of picking my thoughts about dowsing. Oh, yeah. The water wand, you know, uh-huh. of finding the water. Right. Yeah. So again, connecting with energy, directing energy, discovering yep. energy. Yes. Yeah. It's totally cool. So do you guys have wands? Wands. Who's got wands? Who's got a wand? (laughs) What are you doing with your wand? I mean, there's, and then nowadays, anything, like I, I think in our group, we've done so many different kinds of wands. We've done herb wands, you know, you, you just a bundle of plant matter, you know, Yeah. just crystals. They have just crystal wands, you know, Mm -hmm. anything you can think of, you know, Totally. And, you know, I was in a magical writing class and the teacher used a Sharpie as the wand to cast the circle. Oh, so cool. Right. So it's, I mean, I think we've even, we've, we've used to use random sticks or rocks or whatever it was that mm-hmm. we found in sites that we've been at as the, as yep. that tool to conduct the energy. Yeah. I mean, it's intention. It's that harnessing, it's that channeling, you know, mm-hmm. So I'm here to cool. say you do, it doesn't have to be from a hazelwood tree on <laughs> on Wednesday of virgin wood. Virgin wood one, on a sunrise. Yeah, yeah. at sunrise <laughs> with the one hack. No, you don't need that. You can find something else. Use what you got. Yeah. You know, be, yeah, a, I think be a modern everyday someone Use a key. I think I've seen someone use an actual key. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why not? Practical magic. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks, well, thanks Veronica. Everybody. That was like yeah. so much information. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And it yeah. got me thinking about just like the history. And I think the main thing of the artifacts really piques my interest. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. Well, because you also get to learn about, or begin to wonder at least about what other cultures, what properties other cultures may have given wands and how they were used and how there might be more than one way to use a magical wand. You know, so often Mm -hmm. in kind of modern day witchcraft, we think about using our wand to cast a circle or call the directions or whatever it might be. And we don't necessarily think about how you might use a wand for protection or, Mm -hmm. you know, like what, what else could you use your wand for? So just food for thought, friends, food for thought. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So we will see you next week or well, we won't see you. We'll see each other next week, but we'll, <laughs> you'll hear from us next week uh, when we come back and talk to you about Thames and we'll learn a little bit more about that magical tool. But for now, have a great week, friends. Keep it magical. Go cast your spells with your magic wands. 
Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You can just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like we'll some comment. cold stars and we'll comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius. <laughs>